of Faith with Nae Lupondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. Good evening and welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nair Lupondwana, here on SFM, leading the conversation. Thank you very much to Ricky Stevens and to Mariah Carey. Beautiful piece of music. When Mariah Carey used to do music like that, not now. It's five minutes after seven, so we begin a program uh, about something that was very touchy, both legally and spiritually. Uh, This past two weeks, or these past two weeks, have seen many people complaining about uh, what they are seeing on our TV screens, as though this is something that is, well, repetitive. Time and time again, we see leaders of faith uh, doing things or alleged to have done things that are not expected to be done by leaders of faith. Uh, For example, Prophet Bushiri has been um, appearing in court for a number of things, and of late... It's alleged that he is involved in money laundering and corruption and uh, all bribery. The list goes on. This is Prophet Bushiri. He leads one of the mega churches in sub-Saharan Africa, in South Africa, particularly in Pretoria. And then people are saying, now it's Bushiri. Not too long ago, it was this prophet or apostle or whatever you want to call him in PE alleged to have committed rape and sexual assault. And these men are now following in the footsteps of those who are feeding people uh, all sorts of funny things, petrol, snakes, and so forth. Others pretend to be healing people of HIV, and people die of of various sicknesses in their churches. I'm not even referring to what happened with the stampede with Bushiri now. I'm talking about what happened with the Mboro. Now, the list goes on of all these religious leaders who are alleged to be uh, involved in shady dealings of a kind, criminal behavior. And so we're asking the question, when we see these men, take note, these are men, human beings, mortal, mere mortals like you and I. When we see them caught in human behavior, which is fallibility as we are all fallible, why are we so surprised? Why do we get shocked? and surprised when we discover that these are men after all they are not gods they are not deities but you hear people being shocked and disappointed hence the question we're asking this evening is it realistic to expect religious leaders to be better than the people they lead after all we are all men living in this mortal world why are we surprised when we discover that prophet bushiri is a man he bleeds like you and i Why are we shocked when we discover that they have flaws and they are fallible like you and I? Well, this is an uncomfortable question to ask, especially for people who believe this is my father, this is my pastor, this is my God on earth. I've heard all the titles given to these men. We forget that these still are men. That's our question for tonight. Is it realistic to expect religious leaders to be better than the people they lead? I am Nayelu Pondona. This is Facts of Faith. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this audio expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Many people tend to take that disclaimer lightly until they get into the thick of things, sometimes getting stuck in the miry mud of discourse. And I want to urge you each and every time you listen to it, be careful of the things we're warning you about because the nature of the conversation tends to destabilize your intellectual equilibrium. It is not meant to... uh, 
offend you. It is, however, meant to disturb your equilibrium. You cannot be comfortable with what you know, knowing very well that there is other information out there that could beef up what you have. I'm hoping this is abundantly clear. Let me introduce you to our guest for tonight. We do have, in no particular order, Rabbi Sa'ar Shaked. Rabbi Sa'ar Shaked is from the Beat Emmanuel Progressive Synagogue. Rabbi, good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening. Thanks for, thank you for including me in the discussion. Also, we do have Advocate Ike Kumalo. Advocate Ike Kumalo says he comes from the African perspective. He's speaking to us from that perspective. Counsel, good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, my brother, and the listeners at home. Also, we do have Pastor Derek Muswana, who's from the Christians of South Africa. Course, I've never heard of it. He's the president there. Good evening to you, Pastor, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening and good evening to listeners as well. Let's get down to it. I'm going to begin with you, Pastor. Should uh, we really be shocked? Why are we so shocked? And it seems it's happening anytime, anywhere, especially with the ministers in the Christian faith. And so, so I'm asking you first, is it realistic to expect religious leaders to be better than the people they lead? And when we ask this question, we're expecting a response that is going to be predicated on your authority, your text. So uh, does it guide us to whether we are being realistic or utopian when we expect these men to be better than we are? Uh, definitely it's not fair on the ministers not to not to accumulate wealth or not to be expected to accumulate wealth because Right there. Allow me to interject right there, uh, Pastor. We're not really talking about accumulating wealth right now. We're talking about us judging these men and saying he should be better than us. When we see people making mistakes, these religious leaders making mistakes, we seem to be shocked as though we don't make these mistakes. And that's what a question we're trying to get answered. Are we being realistic to expect religious leaders to be better in their conduct, in their stature, that they should be flawless. Are we being realistic when we have that expectation? Definitely, when it comes to moral obligations, ministers must lead by example, and uh, it's only fair that we expect them to, uh, to lead us in a very decent and uh, biblical standard uh, way. Uh, it is only fair that uh, they should lead us in a way that God approves. All right, so Pastor, we, we, our line is not being kind to us, so I'm going to ho- actually hold that line so that my, my producer can get you on a clearer line. We'll get back to you and your response. Advocate, your take. Is it being realistic? Are we being realistic to expect these men to be better than us? Let me tell you for free. I don't expect religious leaders to be better than us. You know, taking into the historical context what they have done when the missionaries came into this country. You know, they killed us. They raped us. They took our land. That is not true. There is no... Can, there can is I no, no, you cannot. No. Uh, let, let, let's get let, let's get to the facts. Remember, I'm saying to you, it's unrealistic. evidence of of missionaries killing people. I'm telling you, before uh, the the, the colonizers came in, they sent in the missionaries. I'm telling you, you can ask me if I I, I have facts on that. I mean, you look at all religious uh, leaders and all the religious denominations, be it the Islamic, they've killed our people in the north of Africa and they put them down here. You know, most of them, they moved to South Africa uh, or to the southern hemisphere. You look everywhere else, you know, uh, all these religious uh, groupings, you know, they have done harm. Today, we're sitting with a church holding more land. We're, we're crying for land in South Africa. Okay, Who's counsel, hold on. Let's, let me remind you again. Um, we're talking about the facts here. I'm, there I'm, is no factual evidence to support was, what you're saying. There is factual evidence. There is a book called... Uh, the secret relationship, it also shows, like, I'm, I'm glad that you have also... I want to give you an example of what I mean by that. I mean, if you're going to say missionaries and these religious groupings have killed... All of them. Give, give, me, give me an example. Let me say to you, uh, the slave trade. The slave trade was funded, you know, by people who believe in the Judaism. Which one? There were many of them. There were many slave The African traders. slave trade. You know, the, Which one in Africa? We had about six that we know of. Which one are you referring to? The cross-Atlantic slave trade was funded... By whom? By guys who believe in Judaism. There is a book called uh, The Secret Relationship Between Black and Jews. It will tell you the stats. 
piece by piece, you know, how African people, the Dutch East India Company, one of the companies, the multinational company. Nice for you that I've read the books because I, I've read that book as well. It doesn't say it is Judaism that did that. It is individuals who so happen to subscribe who believed to in the, yes, yes, but those those individuals, they believe in the, in, in the, in the Judaism faith. So we're not really interested in the behavior of people. We're interested in the faith itself, the but actual more, faith. But they were leaders in the Judaism faith. So the question, your question says to me, uh, is it realistic to expect you know religious leaders yes you know to be better than us i don't yes. expect them to be better than us you look at the uh, uh, there's a book called the, the the pope's bankers you know who leads who leads the catholic church it is the pope the, who takes responsibility for the catholic church for the crimes that have been happening in the south america boys been sodomized you know and the crimes uh, even slavery, you know, it's also attributed, you know, to, to, to the Roman Catholic Church. And uh, at the center of that, you cannot, you know, exclude the Pope from blame. You just contradicted yourself. You attributed slavery to the Jews. Now you're saying it's Inclu- the Catholic Church. Yes, yes. It, yes slavery it was not administered by one group, you know. It, it is the conspiracy of many groupings, you know, in Europe, being it Zionist, being it uh, uh, British, be it Dutch people, they all contributed. They all subdivided Africa and took part, you know, be it Congo, be it South Africa. So I cannot blame just one individual. That's why I lump them together. I say to them, all major religions of the world, they've contributed to the poverty of our people. Again. And therefore, I cannot expect their leaders to be something different from what they push, you know, in their d- religious denomination. Do you draw a distinction between individuals and the faith they subscribe to i cannot draw individuals from jesus and the faith that was pushing i cannot draw a difference between islamic religion and muhammad i cannot do that if muhammad slept with a six-year-old you know what we expect with a nine-year-old what you expect if muhammad slept with you no know, underage children therefore i cannot distinguish him from from what he was pushing <laughs> from his policies okay. i cannot distinguish mandela from the freedom charter you're asking me to do the impossible i cannot do that okay unfortunately uh, we're having a very big dichotomy here between what you can do and what factual can you separate Cyril Ramaphosa and Tumamin? i'm going ex- to state this to you again when we are talking about a faith we are not talking about individuals. We're asking you, what does the faith expect of their leaders? When we speak of... Let uh, me answer the question. No, uh, I need you to understand the question because you have gone all over the place. I need you to understand the question. We want to know, you are saying you are representing the African faith. And I'm asking... Which has been violated big time. Well, history can teach you a little bit differently than that. But I want you to understand this. When you say um, uh, Judaism does this will you ever find it in any of the hold on understand the question first council and then you can respond to it will you be able to find it in any of the documents or the authorities of judaism that they should perpetuate slavery in the earlier talmud you know writings there's a, a something called the hermetic case, uh, the case of him it's called the hermetic uh, uh, case of him where they promote black people to be enslaved you know that kind of hermetic him it, it talks of uh, uh, us coming from him and noah cursing us to be slaves okay mm. that is that, that no is, no I, i'm telling you you ask me a text i'm telling about the talmud uh, text you are not gonna speak find of, that in the talmud they, sir. They, 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 okay they, hold on let's let's bring in the rabbi yes. because you're misrepresenting the talmud now and by the way noah him. noah noah never cursed ham by the way he cursed Cainhead. Not ham. No, no, the ham. There's a hermetic curse. Which is, which is a misnomer. You'll never find that in the Talmud. Sometimes, sometimes you must agree that you don't know. Read it. If you're going to read it, then you can find it. Let's go to Rabbi Sa'ar Sheked. Rabbi, uh, do you have a hermetic curse by, so, by uh, Noah in your Talmud? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. My, the person who spoke before me said many, many things. I'm yes. not sure I'd like to relate to it at the moment there. Maybe we can focus on what we, what you ask us to to prepare the the question of the the church and the clergy. Yes. Yes. So what are they like to say? And I just want to say I respect him. I'll be happy to engage with. I don't know if he gives me. I'll be happy to engage with him in a later instance because it seems like it. Anyhow, we can talk about it. <laughs> uh, no, we have to believe in Rabbi, our Rabbi, to would you, melt, would, uh, melt hate Rabbi, uh, Rabbi, yeah, yeah. would you like me to give you a moment to, to breathe on this matter? <laughs> because I understand uh, you're full of it. I understand that he's, he's just, just pumped you up. Would you like me to give you a moment? Want us to take a break or yeah. are you ready to go on? Yeah, well, just taking no, a no, break. No, let's, let's go, on, let's, go on, let's go on, let's go on. Okay, so go ahead. What I wanted to say, what I want to say about clarity is that there's a main uh, difference between uh, Judaism and uh, 
Christianity that Jesus and the apostles are always uh, perfect. And in Judaism, all the character, all the main character in the Bible, in the Hebrew Bible, have a human shortcoming. And they have uh, been rebuked by prophets or others, and they repent or they punish. So, you know, it's, uh, it's much more a tale. So that's something that I would start with, and then I would be. Uh, I mean, what we have to what we have to acknowledge the reality is that clergy are actually a risk group. Clergy are actually a suspicion group when it comes to abuse of their power, money, and their sex. So we have to look at the reality in the eyes if we want to deal with this. Because the houses of worship are, rightfully or not, are being seen as the places with their mana, with spiritual mana. So people come to them, and people have all kind of. Emotional situations and expectations and projections that's not always like with the reality. Uh, so sometimes people are um, exposed to manipulation, but for the other hand, I'm, I'm not uh, patronizing. People are agents on their own life, right? They are invited to the church and participate and donate to their church. And this is, I think, what, what you're asking really is about the power of the community. Because no individual should uh, hold too much power. Uh, within a um, um, ecclesiastical, within a church uh, environment. Look, in, our, in my synagogue, I don't even deal with the money. With a, a treasurership, yeah, we make a plan. We say we're going to spend so and so. I'm asking the budget. I want to do this uh, program, that program, uh, uh, education material. So I'm like anyone else. And there is a network of adults. That, uh, why why would you say you're like everyone else and yet you have been selected by a deity to represent his interests? So say it again, say it again. Why would you say you are like everyone else, and yet your deity, your God, has selected you to represent his interests, no, effectively no, no, giving no, you more authority over there? I'm sorry, I'm not uh, the chosen, I'm not anointed, I'm an ordained rabbi, trained rabbi, there are thousands like me, there, there, there had been thousands like me during the history, I'm not even an important one. Hmm. Uh, 100%. All right, hold 100%. the thought. Hold the thought, Rebel. Yeah. We'll come back. We'll come back shortly after. I'll take a break and come back and see if we can get the pastor again because we couldn't hear what the pastor was saying. So we'll see if we can get him back in the conversation once again. The question we're trying to get answered tonight, is it realistic to expect religious leaders to be better than the people they lead? Stand by. Facts of Faith on SAFM. Welcome back. You're still listening to Facts of Faith. It's 23 after 7. On this program, we pride ourselves of establishing fact and deciphering from fiction. And I want us to go back to some of the things that we touched on uh, so that we can go together as we're engaging this conversation. For those of you who have um, uh, texts, the Torah or the Bible uh, there, you can go to the book of Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9, and uh, you can begin reading from verse 20 down. This is how we're going to establish fact from fiction. Remember the council here um, said... Um, Genesis the, the, is fiction. Um, uh, that's if you don't know. That, if you don't know, it's stolen from African text. If you don't know that, let me inform you. Okay, before, before you in, inform me, I want us to go back to what you alleged is a hematic... Uh, curse and I said there is no such thing in the text that you read it from quite frankly uh, the curse was to Canaan the son of Ham not to Ham but how many uh, really there's, no, there's Sam Ham Japheth oh, um, Sam Ham Japheth the three sons of um, Noah just who's ho- Canaan uh, just hold on just hold on I want you to listen so that you can want us to move together if you have a Bible there read it for yourself I'm going to begin from reading verse 20 it reads chapter 9 Genesis chapter 9 verse 20 it reads after the flood Noah began to cultivate the ground and he planted a vineyard one day he drank some wine he had made and he became drunk and lay naked inside his tent verse 22 Ham the father of Canaan saw that this his father was naked and went outside and told his brothers verse 23 then Shem and Japheth took a robe held it over their shoulders and backed into the tent to cover their father as they did this they looked the other way so they would not see him naked verse 24 when Noah woke up from his stupor he learned what Ham his youngest son had done verse 25 then he cursed Canaan the son of Ham 
May Canaan be cursed. May he be the lowest of servants to his relatives. Then Noah said, May the Lord, the God of Shem, be blessed, and may Canaan be his servant. And it continues, verse 27, May God expand the territory of Japheth. May Japheth share the prosperity of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Verse 28, Noah lived another 350 years after the great flood. And the last verse, 29, he lived 950 years and then he died. Take note, those of you who read from the, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, those of you who believe in the text, whether it's the Torah or the Pentateuch or the Bible, um, you will realize that there is nowhere in these texts where Ham is cursed. It is Canaan who is cursed, making any other thing false and fallacious. Let me tell you now, this. Go ahead. The Jewish, uh, the Judah, uh, scholars who believe in Judaism, they expand that. You know, they don't explain it. And like in the Genesis, you know, they say Ham abused his father. Therefore, his father cursed him. You know, they go further than that. But anyway, you quoted Genesis. Genesis, uh, you dispute that it is a fiction. It's one of, there is no person called Noah that ever existed. You know, it is a fiction that was stolen from right. African myth. But anyway, All let right. me go Hold to that. the question no, that you've asked. No, no, no. no, no. I want to bring in the pastor. I want to no. bring in the I pastor. I want to answer pastor the question Derek. that you've asked. I, I gave you the opportunity. I want us to bring in the, the pastor again. Pastor Derek Muswana is back. Uh, pastor, we were trying to get your first shot at this. We're trying to get the question answered. Is it realistic to expect religious leaders to be better than the people they lead. Go ahead, Pastor. Definitely, uh, my leader, it is not fair on, 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 on things not to expect us as leaders to be better than those that cannot uh, think, uh, uh, for this, to think outside the church walls and become business-minded. So if, if I'm a business, if, if I'm, a, I'm a pastor and blessed with a business mind, then when I prosper, must I not prosper because I'm a pastor? Being a pastor is not slavery. Being a pastor is not an, an, a, a sentence to poverty. In fact, being a pastor is releasing uh, blessings. It's full of blessings. So part of God's blessings is enriching ourselves. Now, so when, 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 when pastor, pastor, remember, we're not talking about being business-minded. Our question is not about that. Our question is about trying to understand if these men who are leaders in their faith, in your context, pastors and priests and apostles and prophets, if they cannot be allowed to make errors as human beings. And when they do make errors, they make mistakes, we then castigate them, expecting them to be better. Is it fair for us to expect them to not make mistakes? We are all sinners. Uh, That's where you need to underline it from the Bible. We are all sinners, pastors included, prophets included. So every time we seek uh, for the mercy, we, we want to confess our daily sins that we commit. So that is why uh, it is not fair, because pastors are not angels, they are not subhuman, they are fully flesh human beings that are short fall of grace. Well, if, if, if you're going to say that, why would then be, they be called holy men of God? Why do you refer they, to your, these men as men of God and yet they, their conduct is, is human behavior? If, if you check the Bible well, we are given the right because we believe. When we believe then we are given the right to be sons and daughters of Christ because of our faith in Him, our confessed faith in Him. So uh, we are holy. What, what makes us holy is the office. But then the office is, is the chair that we sit on, whether it's the, it's the office of the prophet, that chair is holy, but then the prophet might have his own mistakes that he must confess when he, encountered, when he encounters those because we are of a human flesh. This flesh can do something that the spirit does not want. Here is the, herein lies the problem, our pastor, that when people look at religious leaders such as yourself, they expect that these men are led by the Holy Spirit. And yet the conduct that sometimes is exhibited when they are walked down to the courtrooms is less than that of a man led by the Holy Spirit. Can we therefore say that these men are not really led by the Holy Spirit? They are led by the Holy Spirit. If you can check David had so many mistakes, if you can check Solomon had so many mistakes and concubines, but that did not make him less of an anointed king. It, in fact, increased the favor of God on him because he was a man after God's heart. So it, 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 it's unfair 
uh, to expect another human being to become angelic immediately after assuming a certain office in the church. It's very unfair of, of the pastors. In fact, what, must they, what, what they must be doing, they must uh, pray for us and ensure that uh, when we encounter such trials and, and, and temptations, uh, we overcome them with grace or through grace. That, that is what the saints can do. That is what the ordinary church members can do for us. But never should they expect us not to arrive at the why did you live in God moment because we are only human. That is why even Jesus Christ himself said, if it was possible, this cup should have passed me. But now that it is only, it's no longer about me, but about the, the God that I serve, uh, let I go through these things. So some, some of the challenges, uh, they come to us as a human being, as a human being. But, but your, your God seems to be thinking differently there, Pastor. Your God in the book of Matthew 5, verse 48, expects you to be perfect. Hey, let me read it verbatim so that anyone can understand is that what I'm talking about. This is from the King James Version. It says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in what? heaven, is perfect. <laughs> Full stop. Correct. Correct. Uh, I'm not saying we are not perfect, but I'm saying uh, there's, there's always a subhuman element in every person. Why? What Why should there be a human element there, Pastor, perfect. if your God wants you to be we perfect? all sinners, short of grace. Okay. All right, I want to open the lines, 0891-104-207, 0891-104-207. You heard the rabbi, the advocate, and the pastor. What do you say? That's the most important view out there now. I'm curious to hear what you say, 0891-104-207. Are we being realistic? Are we being realistic to expect religious leaders to be better than the people they lead? Let's go to Timothy. Timothy's in the Northwest. Good evening, Timothy. Evening, sir. Good evening. Um... I think a lot of these pastors and leaders are starting to backpedal on the texts and um, the religious doctrines that they were given. In a way, most of them they like to say in Sitswana, Len Nike Mot. Yeah. So it's sort of, they sort of... I am human as well. I too am human. human as well. So most of them are trying to hide or are trying to rather ditch um, whatever standards that were set by those religious books. So, I I believe that um, we are we are taking we are being taken for a ride here because most of these pastors are not actually subscribing to the very document. So yeah. we are within our rights to expect them to behave exactly as the Bible is written there. Yeah. Because now, if they were not fit for that office, they should have said or declared that I will not be able to do one, two, three, four, five. For example, there are certain churches where they say. Will you be able to live without a wife? Yeah. And some of them say, yes, I will. But at yeah. the end of the day, some of these guys, they end up raping children. They yeah. end up doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. So we are being taken for a ride. Most of these guys are no longer legit, and people need to open their eyes and be very Tell very me, tell me, careful. Timothy, I, 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 I like that view. However, I'm wondering, was there ever a time in your scriptures where there were men who were legit? The pastor quoted in David. David is a man who took another man's wife and killed that man because she turned out to be pregnant. Uh, Can you really say yeah. that there were men who were better in the Bible? I think we are stuck in the same um, the same loophole where the former generations were, yeah. where we find that there are many loopholes within um, the text that we read and the people, like you said, the religious leaders that were there before. So all of us are still searching for answers. But let no one say, I know the truth, and then at the end of the day, they turn around and say no. Actually, I'm just human, yeah. and I don't know the truth. Yeah. So you, you believe you're being realistic, knowing very well that even in Bible times, we have characters who are unsavior, unsavory, and their behavior was less than desirable. But you believe that you're being realistic to think that men today can be better than those men in Bible times. If, if, I, if somebody in the Bible was given a certain task to yeah. do, and he failed in that task. And I come and I say, I will be able to complete the task exactly as it is written in the Bible. I am actually, um, I'm the one who says, judge me. Yeah. I'm the one who says, um, I'll be able to do this. So they, they, they should have said to the to, to declare to the congregations and whatever, yeah. and said, no, I will not be able to do sure, this. Because sure. such and such a person was not able to fulfill the yeah. Because I believe that 
if somebody made a mistake in the Bible, what we need to do is to learn or other religious texts. We need to learn from their mistakes. Yeah. If I'm prepared to say, I, will, I have learned from that person's mistake and I will be able to fulfill whatever it is that we need to fulfill, then I can uh, positively or uh, bravely say, yes, Give me that uh, particular position. I will fulfill that position. Got it. Thank you very much, Timothy. In the Northwest, appreciate your call. Let's go to Limpopo. Nanda, good evening. Good evening. How are you? Well, thank you, sir. How are you? I'm also very fine. Mm. Yes, I had your topic. Yes. yes. And I wanted to say that uh, basically if we guide, uh, after we follow the Bible, the guidance, we would understand that it is a... Uh, very easy to, under, to answer the question because the Bible that indicates that uh, we should never trust one man, any man. Okay. Like you look at the book of Psalm 146. Psalm 146 verse 3. Also Psalm 118 verse 8. They have the same meaning. It's only that as I've realized with South Africans, we do not read the Bible. And as such, anybody who comes and tell us that I'm a pastor and a priest. We just follow suit. Yeah. That is why if you read the Bible in the book of Hosea for verse six, it clearly indicates that my people will die because of the lack of knowledge. So if you don't read the Bible, people will come and worship them. For the thing that people are people. Okay. After all, the Bible says that Nanda Nanda, I want I want to seek seek what you, you what you quoted, Psalm one forty six verse three. I want to read it yes. and then I want us to chew on that a little bit and let you go after that. It reads and I'm gonna read it verbatim. It reads Don't yes. put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. Now, my curiosity is, uh, how does this help answer the question? Remember, the question we're trying to get answers is, are we being realistic to expect these religious leaders uh, to be better than what we are? If we all know that we are all human, both us and them are all human, why would we expect them to be better than us if we're all human? Yeah, that's why I was saying that it is only because we do not read the Bible. If we read the Bible, we'll understand that we cannot trust any man. Okay. Higher position. Okay. Okay. So, so what you're saying is we're not being realistic to, to to expect them to be better than us. Yeah. On the other hand, we must realize that those people that people are respecting. Okay. They open themselves on All that right. position. Got it. Got it. If, if you look at the book of First Timothy chapter three, First Timothy chapter, it indicates that if somebody wants to be an overseer. Ah, those characteristics. Yeah, yeah, okay, got it, got it. A husband to one wife, not given to alcohol, and must not love money and so forth, not be given to brawling. Got it, thank you very much. Appreciate your call, sir. Let's go to Sadiqo in Pretoria. Good evening, uh, Sadiqo. Good evening, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm all right, Sadiqo. How are you? I think we are realistic in expecting them to be better than us. Okay. In particular, some of those who project themselves as more closer to God than others. Okay. Those who will tell the congregation that they've got the cell numbers of God, they are deputy <laughs> God, they can do all these miracles. Yeah. But by doing so, automatically, they make us believe that they are better than us. Okay. Therefore, their behavior must be better. better than our own behavior. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's clear. Loud and clear there. Those who purport to be closer to God must act like it. Got it, Sadiqo. Appreciate your call. Ruzani, you're the final one for now. We'll go back to our guest. Ruzani is in Limpopo. Good evening, Ruzani. Yeah, good evening. Thank you for taking my call. Mm. Yes, um, we should be, we should not be expecting them to be better than us. Because in Matthew uh, 23, from yeah. 8, going down, um, it does talk about we, sh- we should not be calling anyone a leader, a father, father. Yeah. a teacher. And then uh, those people, actually, they should be more servant to us rather than us being servant to them. So you can see that because we don't read the Bible, we lack knowledge. That's why we end up calling them fathers, we end up calling them teachers and leaders. So to a leader, you expect more. But to a father, you expect more. But unfortunately, we are doing that because we don't like 
we, okay. are, we are lacking knowledge. All right. Let me read the text so anyone can know what you're talking about. This is Matthew chapter 23, verse 8, 9, and 10. It reads, Don't let anyone call you rabbi, for you have only one teacher, and all of you are equal as brothers and sisters. Verse 9. And don't address anyone here on earth as father, for only God in heaven is your spiritual father. Wow, especially those people who've been saying, so and so is my father. Verse 10, and don't let anyone call you teacher, for you have only one teacher, the Messiah. Thank you very much, you know, Rudzan. Got you, it. I'm so surprised yeah, that you're quoting the Bible. Just as hold, if... hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to finish with our guest there. Rudzani, are you still there? Yes, yes, I'm still here. Yeah, so you finish your point. I wanted to read those texts for the people who, who, who don't know what you may have quoted. Go ahead. Yes, yes. So uh, I will advise uh, our people, um, our fellow African and both uh, European, to, to read the Bible. So it should be our guidance uh, for, for us to live and survive in this world. Okay, got it. So thank you. Thank you very much, Rizal. Appreciate your calls. Go back to the rabbi. Rabbi, um, you heard the callers yeah. and you heard your fellow guests, your response. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I'm talking now and then I have to go to our parental duties, my friend. So I'm done with, okay, in two, three minutes. All right. My friend, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So just to be clear, I, I do not feel I'm a, I'm a one practitioner of Judaism who have studied many years and been ordained, and I walk as a congregational rabbi. Obviously, I walk with the spirit and with the text, but I'm not holy man. Of, uh, all this language is not healthy, and I'm really not interested in that. We are standing in the congregation... Uh, we all have our shortcomings and uh, temper and uh, you will fool your main scope, which I bring like any other person. And it's and unhealthy to claim uh, anything else. So there is like an ethical matter. And I- I'd like to give to the public just before I conclude some um, sign warnings. If you go to a place of worship and there's like a... Um, if there's no sense of humor toward the teacher or toward the teaching or there's an energy of hiding... The things we don't talk about, things mm. that only the chosen one can know. If there is the signs of violence or abuse, or about you will redeem if you will pay, all these things. It, it needs to promote your agency and and widen your capacities as a human being. It needs to inspire and and work on your divine image. Wherever you fellowship, wherever you fellowship, it needs to like a place which benefits your divine image yeah. and gives you further agency. So that's what I would give to the. As advice to the people, and the second thing is the power of the community. In the Torah, it says, "Asher has siesta when uh, your head, your chieftains will see, not if they will see, when they will see. What is the kind of it's in Leviticus? I don't remember exactly. What is the sin offering? What is the sin offering? How repentance can be done? Okay. How healing can be done? All right. In the community, those are. And again, coming back to the uh, network and circles of adults that are seeing one another, the treasury and the the identity. The, all the different units of the the deacons, the elders, looking at one another, and everyone, we don't have energy of hiding, and nobody is above anyone else. I'm, 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 I'd like you to respond to that one caller who had said that you are expected to lead because you are supposed to be following the will of God. I don't, I, you know, uh, there are other Jews who think that they know better the path of God than me, and uh, we choose, we dispute. We talk and then we find solutions that are also temporary. And uh, I don't think I have a monopoly on the word of God, and that's healthy. Okay, I'm not interested to have this monopoly that I'm telling you now what the word of God. Got it. So we talk, we debate. Appreciate it. You know, it's better to be modest on that. Uh, Oh, Rabbi Sarsha, kid, thank you very much for coming through and talking thank to us. You, we really you, appreciate you. your time. Best, oh, thank you very much. All right, counsel, you've heard your callers and your contemporaries. Your response? Yeah, they're unfortunate. They're fortunate because they're, they were not interrupted. But anyway, you quote the Bible as if it fell from heaven. You know, is it God wrote the Bible? Obvious. We've never heard of the Council of Antioch. We've never heard of the Council of Nasi. I've never heard of the Council of Jamelia. You've never heard of these councils where the Caesars altered the Bible to suit the political narrative, to suit the economic narrative. The Bible, it's a, it's based, you know, on, on a crime. So, therefore, answering your question, I okay. can see that let you me, want to jump in. Let, then let, I me, conclude let like me remind it. you again, uh, yes. Council, we have invited you to come and yes. speak on behalf of your faith. 
Yes, Thus far, I'm, you have not represented anything from I'm your faith. I'm talking from an African spe- perspective. That is that not true. No, no, you, you, have, you have so far spoken bashing but you keep other interrupting faiths. me. For a reason. My, just, my job here is not to offer you an opportunity to bash other faiths. My job not, here is to I give you an opportunity. Them. Actually, I've you told have. the truth. No, but okay, let me answer your question. All of what you have said right now is question. historically inaccurate. There is no basis for what you're saying. Do you know the Council of Nasia? Is it inaccurate that Let me state this again. I'm asking you to speak to us on behalf of the yes, African faith. The very same, what does let me the African you, let faith me, let say me inform about people? Let me inform you. Before you talk of other faith, there is no major religion of the world without Africans. You know, all religions were stolen in Africa. But anyway, to answer... This. No, no, no. I'm Council, answering your question. We, we, are, we are not going to be able to continue I'm, in a conversation where you are not going I'm, to be able to represent I'm, your... In, I'm, you're misrepresenting yourself but, tonight. No, no, I'm not misrepresenting myself. You came myself. here under the auspices of speaking no. on behalf of African faiths. You invited, right here, no, you invited me to come here to answer the question, is it realistic for the people to expect... From the perspective of your faith, Council. I'm an African, so I believe in African faith. You and know, you have not spoken a they, word can representing I, can I continue? African faith. Can I, but, you keep no, on, but you keep on interrupting me. Yes, How, I, if you answer the question, you must wait for an answer. I'm say this again. Can you wait for an answer? No, sir. Quite frankly, we are going to discontinue our conversation no, if you're fine. going to continue no, it's fine. But you, bashing other But faiths. you're going to ask me a question like now. You, know, you don't want an answer. If you, I'm if not you, interested in you bashing other listen, faiths. That is not why you are here. You ask me a question. I'm giving an answer. Your question was, say, is it realistic for, for, for people you know, to expect religious leaders to be better than them? I am telling you from a historical perspective, it is not realistic because these guys, you know, you have to look at them Sorry. from their historical context up to now. Again. This is the last time I'm saying this. No, it's, you might am, as well, you might as well ask, drop it. Too. I am asking you to represent your faith. You have not represented but, your but faith. But you don't either. allow me to speak. All right. You don't All allow right. me to speak. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back and you take your calls, and then we'll take uh, Pastor Derek Muswana there, and then we'll conclude with your text messages. Facts of Faith on SAFM. Welcome back. You're still listening to Facts of Faith. We're taking calls on 891 reading your text messages on 40938. And we're also on social media at, at SFM Radio and at Naya Lupondwana. Let's just put this out there and clearly. While we all believe and acknowledge and appreciate robust debate, um, we cannot have people who are going to be misrepresenting themselves. When you come here claiming to be representing a particular faith, we expect you to speak on behalf of that faith. Thus far, we have not had that from our guest. And as such, we will not continue with the guest that is not able to be honest with what he came here claiming to be representing. We can't have a Christian pretending to be representing Islam or a Muslim claiming to be representing any other faith. Let Muslims represent Islam. And whatever questions you want to ask, you'll ask them. Let the Christians represent Christianity. Let the Jewish people represent the Jewish people. And if he claims to be representing the African people, then represent that view. Don't purport to know better than other people about their faith. Let them represent their faiths. That is a code of our pro- program, and we cannot, we cannot have anyone who's going to be claiming history, and yet there is no reference. Even the things that is referencing are factually incorrect. I'm hoping we all understand. Um, um, we are not going to be with that guest. It just is not in the spirit of factuality and dignity, trying to get some dignity into us, our discourse. Not just howling things that we have no basis for. All right, let's go to your texts and your call. 0891-104-207 and your text message is 40938. One text message reads, uh, okay, so many. Okay, I won't be able to read all of them. Please forgive me. Um, I'll, I'll read some and then go to the pastor and then go to the alliance, but I will not be able to read all of them here. <laughs> All right. Uh, one reads, uh, Evening, Naya. Thank you for the show. To answer your question, society, us as Africans in particular, was made to believe that their system of belief is a sin. Now, many of us took on this new system, Christianity, e.g., of belief without having to understand it. People are gullible, don't know their roots, and hence end up believing what all these, quote-unquote, men of God 
tell them using the Bible, of course. People ate snakes, drank petrol, sprayed with insecticides, all lies told to them by these men in the name of worship. People are too gullible, Nye. I am fine with my African way of leaving uh, without having to take any man as being sent by God. Thank you. That's Bayanda in Secunda. Thank you very much, Bayanda. Appreciate your text. Another one says, yes, expect them to be better because they know better than us church members. Okay. Unfortunately, they have shallow propaganda of enslaving humanity. Munahing in Kwagwa. Got it, Munahing. Another text reads, we need pastors and leaders with good moral standing. If they fail, they are to be ex- excommunicated. Okay, that one is not signed. Another one says, uh, topic for next show, please discuss churches which preach grace versus churches which preach the law. Grace preachers are now preaching hyper grace. Okay, my producer will look into that. Thank you very much. Now the text reads, I have seen in some churches, if someone is a good speak, uh, speaker, singer, or regular attender, given a caller and put on the highest position, even if that individual is from bad things. My daughter, I'm not quite sure if I follow, but I think I get the gist of what you're saying. Another text reads, Naya, these leaders are to be put into account as well. They advocate for what I call blind faith, telling people to be obedient and not ask questions, which leads some uh, into believing that, that indeed they are sent by God. Blind faith, Naya, no question asked. You start to ask, then you are told that you can't question God. And again, all right, as I said, I won't be able to read all of them. I'm going to take some calls as well and then uh, go to our pastor to respond. Uh, Sandile is in Msinga. Good evening, Sandile. <laughs> how are you? How are you? I'm all right, Sandile, how are you? <laughs> I am fine, I'm fine. Mm. Yes, no, thank you so much for the opportunity. Yes, um, what I would like to say, myself, I believe in African um, religion. Um, and then I had the conversation that you had with another gentleman there. It's just that it's a pity that I caught the show uh, at the later stage. But anyway, um, I, you know what I would like to say as an uh, African religion myself, mm. uh, we we do not have a pastor in African religion. Yeah, yeah. So we do not have a leaders whom whom I can say this is my pastor. Therefore, I'm following him. Yeah. That is the way I taught myself. Yeah, you know, maybe, yeah. So I think asking uh, the that question to me as an African who follows my my religion, since uh, there is no leader, yeah, you know, I think it's it, it it's a question that I could not answer. It, the, the question does not arise in your faith. You're saying, y- yes, okay, yes, because we we don't have a teacher that stands in front of us and tells us something. You know, yeah, it, it's something that we. We share amongst the family and, and, and so on. Okay. Uh, that, 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 that will be my phone. That is why the other gentleman, he, you know, there was a, a debate between him and you because actually he, he must tell you straight that, you know, you're talking about leaders of faith, but, but in, in our culture there, there is no leader. Sorry, in our religion yeah. there is no leader of faith. You know, there is no mulana, there is no pastor. Yeah. That is my point, yes. Okay, got it. Thank you very much. Appreciate your call. Uh, see, uh, uh, this is another person who is representing the African perspective without having to attack any other faith. Surely we are able to discuss with integrity, right? Let's go to Mike in Durban. Good evening, Mike. Oh, good evening, Naye. Hi, Mike. Thank you for putting me on. Hmm. Naye, obviously your one guest there hasn't read Dr. Li- the stories on Dr. Livingston, the missionary mm. that came out from Scotland. He is the one that campaigned in East Africa in the 1800s against slavery. He eventually managed to get the British Navy in, stopping slavery at uh, uh, Dar es Salaam, Zanzibar, and northern Mozambique. You know about that. Mm. And... Uh, uh, actually, Jimmy Livingston died at the age of 98 last world. Uh, I, I don't think that is much in dispute, at least from our uh, guest's perspective. I think his, his perspective is that um, because me, there were some slave traders who came under the auspices of Christianity, therefore I, I they are that. all painted with the same brush. That was his trajectory. 
I'm an amateur researcher. I researched Africa going back millions of years ago uh, when the Persians and the Arabs started trading with Africa. Slavery was rife in Tanzania and they were engaging local Africans to go in and capture people and they were rewarding them with gifts and bits and pieces of cloth and fooding. Food, you know that. But that, I, 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 don't, I don't think that, that, that for now is in question again, Mike. I think he, yeah. where he's coming no, from he's is not, he no, feels no, that religious communities... To, all missionaries. You're, you're right. I totally agree. That's what I was, I was interjecting for. But his view is because there had been religious communities led by certain religious leaders who had perpetuated mm. and became protagonists of slave trade, therefore... All people, all adherents of those faiths must therefore be castigated as such. That was his trajectory. Well, slave trade started in northwest Africa when the Romans chased the Moors out of where Portugal and Spain are today. You know, they chased them into Africa. But I, I, don't, want us, I, don't, I don't want us to get stuck there in the issue of slave trade. That's why I wanted to, to dismiss that because it is not helping us in our conversation. Allow me to let you go, Mike. We'll take some more calls and then have uh, our pastor respond as well. Steve is in the Eastern Cape. Steve, good evening. Hi, 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 Hey, look, man, I'm just wanting to throw a towel between you and this African leader. Uh, he's not an African leader. He's not an African. He's just an advocate who has uh, something to Whatever say. Whatever he is, really, guys, you are just fighting now. I mean, it doesn't sound good. It doesn't. It doesn't. I got it. Got it. Thank no, you very much, yes, Stevie. Appreciate your call. I mean, you should give each other a chance. One must you know, give each other got it, got it. Guys. We've already resolved that matter, Steve. Okay, Don't worry about it. Thank you very much, All right, Steve. So. All right, uh, Pastor, you heard uh, uh, the calls, some text messages. They're still coming through. We only have two minutes. You have one minute, Pastor. To go ahead. Uh, I think uh, we are making a problem to think that pastors are superstitious. Yeah. If anyone desires the office of that, 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 that office can be desired by anyone. So we, we uh, like like it is said in the Bible, no one it is written that no one is righteous, no one, absolutely no one. So that includes those pastors. So one can desire to be a, a pastor, a prophet, and so forth, and that goes with the mistakes because uh, from the book of uh, Galatians chapter number five verse twenty, it says the desires of the flesh, the desire. If I'm on this flesh, I obviously I will have my own desires and my own mistakes. I'm not an angel. Those that expect pastors to be angels and be sin-free, let them go to heaven. They will find those that are sin-free. Because the Bible records that only Noah was righteous in the eyes of God. Only Noah. In the whole Bible. Okay. So we, we are not superstitious. We, we, we do not hold any, any absolute powers. And members should not in any way subject themselves or lower them, themselves in front of pastors because pastors are only human like them. They do not hold any any special powers from God or so ever, or whatsoever. The same anointing that I carry as a man of God is the same anointing that you can carry as a son or daughter to Got the man of God. All right. So no one holds any superstition. They are, they, are, they are imperfect, but we should all strive for perfection. That is what we should do. Got it, got it, got it, got it, Pastor. I have to end it there. Our time is up. Built out of our sinful ways. Appreciate you coming through, Pastor Print. Our time is up. Really can't continue there. Um, I've seen your text messages, as I said. I can't be able to, I won't be able to read all of them, but I can see them. Thank you very much for the kind things that you're saying there. Um, I'm not quite sure if everyone agrees. Uh, to Rabbi Sar Shekhed uh, from the B. Emmanuel Progressive Synagogue. Thank you very much to the rabbi. He left early. Advocate Ike Kumalo also left early. Pastor Derek Muswana from Christians of South Africa is the president there. Thank you very much to you. From me, Nayelu Pondwana. Have a wonderful evening and Godspeed up next the news.